and a Christmas sweater, Taylor Kyle's. Is that a Christmas sweater? Yeah, yeah it's a Christmas it. sweater. You got bears, a little snowflake. I love it's festive. It. What's not the love? <laughs> um, yeah, it's still, Taylor's still working hard in Foxborough. He's got that punchy look of a man who, you know, has accepted his fate. Uh, he knows what you know. He knows what he's going to see every week, and you know we got what we got today. Uh, a relatively competitive, um, you know, twenty-seven uh, seventeen loss. Uh, what? Uh, oh, just got a message from Amit, and I thought we were doing something wrong. Am I doing something wrong? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're good. We are on the second stream. This is too many shows. Hmm. Just working it out. Just working it out. Okay, sorry. We were making sure we had didn't have some technical issues here, but I think we're doing the right thing. I think we're doing yeah, the right so thing. I think so, too. Okay, so we are continuing on here. The Patriots lose um, to the Chiefs. A game that for a little bit there looked great, right? First half, mm -hmm. competitive, super efficient quarterback play on both sides, but Bailey Zappi was outstanding. And then really the game turned on one bad play, and that was the interception there that he threw um, into a window where he couldn't. You really get it. I know there was some miscommunication there. He talked about it, and Farrell Brown might have run the wrong route, but it didn't matter. There was nothing there, and that's a play that you throw away. And that's reminiscent of the type of stuff that we get from Mac Jones uh, or got from Mac Jones, and that's the kind of stuff that got Mac Jones permanently put on the bench. I don't mm -hmm. think it's the type of error that's going to get – create a quarterback controversy the rest of the way here. I think this is Zappi's show, but it's just another thing that – you're just not supposed to do in that position, and that's what happened. It's the second week in a row, man. It's just the first half he looks – and I'll even say, I thought the first half of last week I mentioned that I thought that it was shakier than what we initially saw. Like, especially upon further review, I thought the touchdown to Hunter Henry – the really deep one were just like perfect placement. I was like, yeah, okay. If we're being totally honest there, that might've been a situation uh, where maybe he didn't really mean to do that. And I thought that there were some passes, especially underneath where they were behind or forced bad adjustments. And, you know, I, I just thought it was a streaky performance, even in last week's first half, this first half, he had the bad throw low to pop. They contributed to the three and out. And then he was locked in like making good throws. He looked confident. He looked decisive. It was, it was something that I – more confidence than I'd ever really seen from him because we've seen like in other weeks he's kind of hesitant throwing over the middle sometimes, better last week. But you saw it kind of a couple weeks ago, and I felt like you really saw him start taking steps to get better. And then the second half, man, like we're all joking like, all right, kid, is it going to be like last week? Can he sustain it? And no, he couldn't, and he throws a bad interception. Should have been intercepted a couple of drives after that uh, when Pop was wide open downfield and he sky mails it and it almost gets picked off. So, yeah, man, I think we just at this I don't want to say we know what Zappy is because I feel like he is, you know, making, like I said, those improvements every week and you're seeing better things from him. But I don't know if he's capable of putting a 60 minute performance together. And that is like backup quarterback territory where it's like we're going to try to take the game out of your hands as much as possible and try to just rely on our ground game or whatever. And two, I don't want to say to Zappi's credit, but the offensive line wasn't playing great before Cole Strange got hurt, got worse once he did get hurt. And I think long term, 
Uh, he's like, yeah, it really sucks seeing Cole Strange go down because he'd been playing so well since the bye. Uh, but it looked like he's probably not going to be back this season. Um, and Antonio Mafi, I just don't think is a startable player. Like he was getting warped by Chris Jones. Like there was a run stop, then there was a sack. Maybe I'll look at the film and it's better than I thought. But Antonio Mafi has shown time and again this season that he's not someone who's capable of playing a regular number of snaps. And the line depth especially was tested kind of throughout because – Trent Brown came into the game. Or I'm sorry, he didn't come into the game. He was uh, ruled inactive. Then Connor McDermott suffers what we can assume is probably a concussion. If that's true, then he probably won't even play next week. So Vidarian Lowe is back in the lineup. Now the entire left side of your offensive line is about to be backups. And that's a really scary place to be when Bailey Zappi's looked at his best most of the time when he's not under pressure. That is exactly right, and there's honestly not much else to say there. Um, and you're right; the overall state of the team in terms of personnel um, is is uh, is grisly. You know, you're not talking about just you know people who went out recently, but you know what you've suffered uh, all year long. And the offensive line again: Trent Brown pops up with an injury, you know, during the week, misses two practices, he is out. Um, I think it changes everything. I think not only in pass protection, which again wasn't a huge problem. Uh, I think Trent Brown also in the run game there, uh, one of the reasons I think they're really unable to uh, get anything going on the ground. They just didn't have, you know, they lacked the beef up front. They weren't able to open any holes and um, it affected them uh, throughout the game. I think that's what they were hoping to do a little bit of ground control here. Uh, Instead, they just let Zappi cook. He was just slinging it. I did not expect to have drives where it would be nine passes, one run, but that's what they were doing because, and honestly, good for them. They adapted and they kind of figured it out, but um, you know, it came down to that big mistake and that kind of cost you the game. Uh, I mean that, you know, that, I mean, that really cost you the game. I, I, I don't know where else to go from there, you know? It's and then, I mean, that, you talk that, about the run game, like you you think they'll lean on the run game, but then I think Zeke averaged like less than three yards per carry. I got to check the exact stats, but it's not like the run game was really giving them much support or anything where it's like, stop letting Zappy throw, go to the ground game. It's working for you because, again, the lack of continuity up front has really been hurting them. And especially like Zeke was saying. He thought in the first half they handled run blitzes and stunts pretty well in the run game, but that their checks and things didn't work as well in the second half. So just a complete – again, losing Cole Strange was huge, but the line wasn't looking great the entire time before he got hurt because I think Bailey had already been sacked a couple of times at that point. And then once he did go out, things just kind of fell apart, it felt yeah. like. But I also am not sure it was just him. I think it was issues kind of across the board. Across the board, and you're talking about Zeke Elliott, you know, 11 carries, 25 yards. Kevin Harris had 25 yards on four carries coming in there in mop-up duty, scored that touchdown on that 18-yard run there. Um, But, you know, that was it. You know, that was – they really didn't get – other than that one play, they got nothing going Mm -hmm. uh, on the ground there at all. Um, You know, whether or not it mattered into it – and, again, I understand there's a lot of people – uh, you know, watching and at home who are rooting for losses. And it's understandable because at this point, there's really not much to be gained from wins. Really, I mean, unless you're talking about Bill Belichick and whether or not he's able to, um, you know, save his, uh, you know, save his, you know, future here. But I, I'm not going to say they tanked, but explain to me punting down 17 points, you know, on fourth and whatever it was that first one, fourth and four from around midfield. And then again, you know, and again, 
they got the ball back and scored and made it a 10-point game, so it didn't look as bad. But then doing it again on fourth and short from, you know, the 30-something, uh, are they trying to lose by less? I don't understand. When you have literally almost nothing to lose, how are you still playing this conservatively? I find it strange. And again, I know people are rooting for losses, so they don't care as much. But that kind of stuff is just odd and infuriating, especially if you were playing for something. Why are you why continue to play this conservative? I even think the play calling got more conservative once the game seemed like it was something that was out of hand instead of taking more risks or trying to do more things. I, I, I'm not sure I understand what's going on in that regard. So Belichick did talk about that. He said that on the fourth and four, he said that we had already, we were already missing three starters. So the injuries played a factor in the play calling because they were like, we've already lost two offensive linemen. We're not pass protecting well. This is going to be problematic. And then Hunter Henry was one of the most reliable pass catchers. I think their only reliable pass catcher throughout the game because Devontae Parker didn't have a target in the second half after you know he and Zappi showed some good chemistry early on. So the personnel issues uh, did play a factor in the fourth and four decision to punt. He was like, hey, we've been playing good defense. We lost three starters. We were worried about our ability to execute pass protection. You don't usually hear Bill being that candid and saying we didn't think that we'd be able to block them up. But that's what happened. So that has to play a factor. And you had guys dropping like flies out there. There are some dudes who I don't think that's, they're really going to get talked about. But like Juwan Bentley went down at one point. Jabril Peppers got hurt at one point. Jonathan Jones was questionable to return in the second half and toughed it out he and did, was on the field immediately. Yeah. Like there were so many players getting hurt. Yeah, I'm Henry, Henry. Uh, he- even Slater Slater left for a little bit. Slater, uh, Anthony yep. Jennings, also Cole Strange, mm-hmm. obviously, when he did not return, he had to leave on a cart. But, yeah, there was quite a few yeah. people that got dinged. Yeah, so the injuries, I think, really started to play a factor. I don't know if you really start calling plays to prevent injuries necessarily, but I, I, like Belichick literally said that that was a factor, at least for the offensive line and the fact that Hunter Henry was out. And then when it came to – being backed up, Bill – it was either Bill or Jelani. I think it was Bill said that they were forced into a check, I think because of where they were and when they're backed up. And sometimes like when you're game planning, you have a section of your playbook where it's like, all right, if we're inside our own 10-yard line, we're going to do this. I'm sure that because they were inside the five, it probably forced them to uh, throw because they didn't have any passes prepared maybe. But even with that being said, it was weird seeing just how slow and how little urgency there was. That was definitely strange. Um, I don't really know what else to make of it. Like we got the explanations for the fourth and four and why they ran in a situation. Even Zeke said that, you know, we were backed up and sometimes you just want some breathing room. Totally understandable. Why does it take you 30 seconds to run another play or like why you just let it drain and go down as if you didn't have another play that you were ready to call? Like that was definitely weird. So, I mean, these te- this team never tanks, but I also think it's a pattern that we've seen Belichick late in games where it doesn't look like they're going to win. He doesn't they just kind of play, play like they can time. win. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a weird, weird pattern of like, let's just let's just cut our losses here. The chance of winning is small. You know, yeah. and, and you see that I, I, it's just I, I, if you're a fan, want like wanting your team to fight. I, I put it this way: uh, there was at least one. You know, I who who was it? There was one post game comment where somebody said like Bill was going at the refs all day. He's still out there. Jelani Tavon was like, "Yeah, we appreciated him like sticking up for us. That was cool." So yeah. fine, that's one thing. But when your coach is giving the ball back to the other team and throwing in the you know throwing in the towel, waving the white flag, whatever have you, um, does that show fight? 
I think what it shows is that you just don't think your offense can handle it. And but we know no, so that. I guess that is inherently a lack of fight. I completely get that. It's just, I mean, as someone watching, like, I don't know if it's different when you're in person or when you're watching at home. I, and I mean, to be fair, I'm also, I was hoping they wouldn't win, especially the Panthers won. So now, you know, one more game if the Panthers win, they could have the first overall pick. So I'm definitely sitting there like, please, like, relax. You don't need to win this game. Stop trying to. But I mean, at the same time, when you watch the offense in that second half, I'm like, I don't really blame them. I don't I don't really know how you expect this offense to go down and score multiple times. Now, that is not the mentality maybe that a head coach should have. Uh, but when you watch them, it's not like you had to put, you know, I, I mean, your defense can't really score for you necessarily put the game away. But I think in situations, they would definitely be more aggressive if it was a defensive kind of thing. You know, if it's like, all right, it's a third and five. We're going to send an all-out blitz trusting our guys to protect. Like, I think if you had a situation where the defense had to put the game away, you'd see more confidence. But with the offense, they don't have any confidence because the offense doesn't give them any reasons to be confident. And we've heard the coaches acknowledge that play calling and things like that have had to change because of poor execution. And again, today was injuries. But, I mean, I keep talking around it. I don't think it was normal how slow they were going at the end. There were certain factors involved where I understood some of their decision-making, but there were other ones where I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't get what we're trying to do here. Yeah, sounds good. And I know a couple of people here have said that I was coming in a little quiet. I just jacked it a little bit. Tell me in the chat, thumbs up if it, uh, the audio is coming in clearer um, on your end. Uh, and we will continue on. But um, a couple other things I want to talk about, um, you know, and we will keep it relatively short uh, here because, you know, why belabor, you know, all of the things that we've been talking about for so long. Um but first off, do want to tell you again quickly about uh, one of our sponsors here. Uh, not that one. That's not what you get. Uh, FanDuel. I don't have it. I don't have the right one. I'll have to tell you guys about it a little bit later. Uh, but FanDuel, if you go to FanDuel.com slash Boston, you'll get 150, not 200, 150 in bonus bets. Uh, if you win a $5 Moneyline bet, go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. Sign up today. Once again, FanDuel.com slash Boston, the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and the official partner of the NFL. Um, still several weeks here left of the NFL season to get involved with and obviously the playoffs. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, there's basketball, hockey, everything going on right now. Hey, odds you know Yamamoto you want to bet on those odds where is he going to land Red Sox maybe I don't know I don't think so but once again FanDuel.com uh, slash Boston you know I've been looking for the best deal on Celtics tickets and with over 28 million downloads SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app there are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek including concerts sports festivals and more with the NFL NBA and NHL seasons of full swing you don't want to miss out. SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. Plus, artists like Travis Scott are on tour. They put all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you're getting a good deal. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10, so look for the green dots. Green means good and red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. So as you know, I always come through for you guys. You can use my code DREAMERSPRO for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code DREAMERSPRO. Make sure you check the link in the description to download the app.
Uh, getting back into the game here, uh, not that like drama matters deeply, but again, there was some. Uh, and you've got, you know, the best quarterback on the planet um, out there, and you're sitting one of your cornerbacks for uh, once again, no friggin' idea why uh, JC Jackson was active, did not play. Nobody knows why. In fact, he wasn't even seen for most of the game, right? Outside of warmups, was he on the sideline? Yeah. Or so Alex for a period Barth, of time. So Alex Barth actually went through to look at the pregame because they'll like film what the what's going on when they're warming up. JC wasn't on the field. Players that they saw in the locker room, but he wasn't on the field for warmups or anything. I will say. This situation is so out of the ordinary, and the fact that people saw him here and he didn't play, I don't want to speculate too heavily. Maybe it's an illness. I think, and Karen Gregan said that uh, it was a, I think it was a personal matter, I believe, um, is what it was said specifically. So, you know, I don't want to touch that. It's just, it is what it is. It's a weird situation with a player whose availability has been shaky going back to when he was benched against commanders and then didn't travel to Germany. Yeah, and again, uh, he didn't play. Here's what Bill had to say on it. And again, we don't know and nobody's saying anything. But we have no idea what happened here. Was J.C. Jackson available today? Uh, no. And why, what happened that he was active for the game but wasn't available? He wasn't available. And why was he active for the game? He wasn't available. Salute at that. The way he yes, responded made me just like I was like I don't I, I I'm scared that it might have been something you know maybe not, it could be nobody knows it's know. not worth speculating on as you said yeah. the track record um, with some things hasn't been great there but again um, there could be something going on behind the scenes we don't know about just another weird little wrinkle to a weird little season um, that we've uh, gone on also other you know worth talking about and I don't. I don't know what we're doing here anymore with this stuff. Uh, I really don't like decided, not decided, mostly decided, who knows? Nobody is. So, you know, all week long, there was reports going on about, um, you know, that he's, you know, you know, starting with Tom Curran and then others have kind of speculated or reported similar things along the way that, you know, decisions all but made up top. It's really more a matter of how it ends rather than if, uh, you know, Rappaport today comes out and says, well, you know, future is not quite decided. I don't know what to believe here. I I'll ask you this in your opinion, is there anything that bill or the Patriots can do with this ragtag group here down the stretch that could save a job. How much better could you expect to do today? You know, with Bailey Zappi as your quarterback, you know, limited all over the place, injuries on the offensive line, injuries to your defensive backfield. What are you expecting to do here um, beyond what the Patriots did? Like what is, I understand like, embarrassing losses like you've suffered throughout the course of the year. And that's several, uh, including what happened in Germany, which many people are talking about as a last straw. You know, that's like your Staley, your Brandon Staley moment. You know, you give up 63 to the Raiders and you've got people grumbling in the locker room. It's clear that you've lost the room. Bill Belichick has not lost the room. And so I don't think that that's the issue here. I just don't know what he can do with this group that would change a mind at this point. Like I do, that's the part I don't understand. Like, you know, and you've probably known for a long time here, um, what you're going to do, or you know that 
you don't know what you're going to do. And it has nothing to do with how the games go. You just want to talk to the man after the season and see what comes out. And that if there is indecision, it's based on that. Like I got to talk to Bill and figure out where we're at with this thing, you know, but I can't believe that anything that they can do on the field here can save a job. If it was already decided that it's gone. I don't think so. And I think that they were resilient, the defense today. Like, yeah, they and had they their lapses, been. but like, right. And I thought today, were, I thought today was going to be like, if they had shut down pretty much Mahomes or like held them under 20, that's something Belichick could put on the table. And it's like, this is the best quarterback playing football right now. And look what I did to him. Like, you really want to fire me? You sure we don't want to figure something out? That was what my mentality was. Like, if there was going to be anything, it's what you do against the Chiefs. I don't think they were good enough. And this is something that is going to get muddled up in the cards because the defense played well for the most part. The offense handed them a short field, which is how the Chiefs ended up scoring 27 points. Where before that, they probably would have just scored 20, um, which is still pretty impressive. And I thought the defense had a lot of really good things. But at this point, with the injuries to the offensive line, with Bailey Zappi starting, Hunter Henry has been banged up for a while. This isn't like new. He's been hurt for a while, kind of on and off the injury report, whatever. And his knee, we could see, like, he's a tough dude. I have a lot of, we all kind of, Hunter Henry gets a lot of crap because he's not as athletic as people thought he was going to be, myself included when he got here. He's not as good of a run blocker. Like, he's been a disappointment, especially relative to his contract. But that dude is tough as hell. He played every game last year, despite I know he was going through a lot of significant injuries. He's toughed it out this year. Like, I just – I want to give him his flowers because fa- I thought he was going to leave the game a few times before he actually did. Um, even after his first touchdown, you could see he was hurt. Like, he looked like he was like, oh, God, that – I felt that. Um, and then celebrated after but looked banged up. So, you know, one of your most reliable guys is hurt. All the receivers, literally all the wide receivers are banged up except for, I think, Jalen uh, Rager. Uh, Farrell Brown is banged up. You got Mike Kosicki, but he's not really having much of an impact. You're down to – you know, Kevin Harris had the touchdown. I'd love to see more of him. But you're down to him and Zeke, and I don't think Jermichael Hasty saw a snap. I think he was just depth. So I don't think you can expect much more from your offense than you've already gotten, even if Bailey does get better because pass protection is not going to be there. And the defense, I think, you know, they're good. I think they're still going to continue to ball out and they're going to want to finish on a high note because why would you want to be such a competitive defense and play so well and then just stop trying at the end of the season? I think that they're more professional than that and I think they have more pride in what they've done so far. Um, But, yeah, offensively, man, I don't know how this team – maybe against the Jets, obviously, because Zach Wilson is reverted to his pumpkin status. But, you know, this team is who we thought they were. I don't think they've done anything different. Yeah, it's – I don't think they did. And I, and again, I, I go back to the kind of the, the, you know, the fight, the defense showing the fight. I wish Belichick would do a little bit more of the same thing uh, regarding what they did there, um, you know, uh, with the, you know, the fourth downs and, and going forward and being a little bit more aggressive and, you know, not just, you know, folding up the tents when, when they think, you know, things are going poorly. Uh, it's just, I, I, I just, I just don't, I, I just don't fully get that portion of it um, there. He but, doesn't want to see this offense any more than we do. That's the truth. If Belichick's like, please, I don't need to see I, anymore. I, <laughs> I know. I just, I simply don't understand it. You know, I, I'm really struggling to understand um, that part of it here. Um, outside of that, um, the Patriots did get a teeny bit of good news. In addition to losing, if you consider that to be good news. Yeah. They're still, yeah, talk, baby. <laughs> num- they're still number two, 
but they're now one game back at that number one overall pick because, um, you know, the Falcons were enough of a train wreck to allow themselves to lose to the, um, to the Panthers. <laughs> what a bad game that was. Uh, anyway. What was it? 10 to seven or nine to seven? It was nine to seven. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine losing to a team? Oh, I, I, oh my God. Wait, whoa, too fast. Cause the Patriots did lose to a team that didn't score a touchdown against them. <laughs> But, oh, my God, you can't throw any stones as a Patriots follower this season because anything that you think you could say about another team, it's just like, yeah, but you guys did X, Y, Z. But, damn, 9-7, to seven, that's rough. <laughs> it's rough, and it was rough, um, and uh, and that's what happened. But um, that gets the Patriots one step closer um, to a potential one pick, which is game-changing because that really does make your um, – you know, uh, change your overall, uh, you know, outlook there considerably. Um, they are still the commanders lose. So there's still that four win team. Again, if you're the Patriots, you really don't, you really don't want to win two of the last three at this point, you know, that much. Um, but you're okay. If you lose one, the worst you could fall to is four. And that's, Bad because that'll take you out of that'll take you out of two quarterbacks and Marvin Harrison probably and now you're in the the third best quarterback or O tackle land or trading back and I think you get that close yeah. to the top you either got to be aggressive as hell and trade up and get your yeah, quarterback that's what I'm thinking yeah yeah I yeah. think if they end up there they're just going to trade up you can't mess around at that point. But if you get the first or the second, then or especially the first, that's where you have some movement. And it's like, all right, if we like one guy, but they're probably going to go with somebody else, we get some more assets. Like, yeah, just if if you if you fall out and you win another game, then it, it you go from being in really good position where you have some flexibility, or can just get your guy to pretty much being in a spot where you have to give up capital or you have to uh, settle for like a Jaden Daniels, which you know he's very talented, but he's not Drake May, he's not Caleb Williams. And that's where they're at right now. And if you know, uh, a uh, a more challenging strength of schedule hurts you in these standings. Um, and so it's it's close with Carolina and New England there. You see percentage wise. Uh, I don't know based off of Jets, Broncos, Bills, uh, what it would be, and if the Patriots can possibly there. But Arizona is going to finish for sure with a stronger strength of schedule. They in fact had a tougher go. Um, of the remaining games, but I'm not sure it's going to be the same with Carolina. So you can win that tiebreaker with Arizona and stay in that two slot. But if you go to four wins, all of a sudden you are allowing three teams ahead of you. So again, for those people who are, uh, you know, really paying attention to this stuff, um, that's what you have in terms of your tankathon, uh, you know, uh, hopes here. So, um, you know, that's that. I, I guess the, the question we'll ask, is there a world in which you could see Bailey, as you said, Bailey Zappi looked much better for the first half of this game than he did last game um, as well and looked like a competent quarterback. We have now seen the Brock Purdy success story when he was given the reins and allowed to kind of run with it. Um, is there any world in which you could, that Zappy could do something to change your overall opinion of him and think that this isn't, this is somebody who might surprise you. I mean, it's a second season. I don't really like to say I know what a player is until they get three years under their belt. Cause then 
like first year can be really tough on rookies and second year it's just like oh you think you got all the first year stuff down but then there are other things you need to improve before you can really get your you know get a groove going a lot of the time third season is usually when it's like all right you got a couple years of experience so that's not an excuse anymore usually you've gotten enough action that the physical stuff starts to catch up and you really understand so like if zappy at this point i think that he is not locked himself in but made a stronger case to come back and fight for a backup spot so i wouldn't be surprised if he comes into training camp next year and is in a better place because he's been in the system you know he's really got some uh, actual time on the field especially later in the season where it's going to be fresher but i don't think he's brock purdy i think brock like i will say i made a joke on twitter because the throw he had where he spun out and threw like that looked like brock purdy he said a few where you can see like the limited athleticism quarterback who is still aggressive and tries to put the ball downfield i saw some of that but i don't think it's on a down-to-down basis and again part of that is a supporting cast like if you get bailey zappy a top 10 offensive line and a top 12, 13 receiving core, then who knows? Maybe he looks better because we've seen that he has the potential. But the consistency is not there, and we've never really seen it for a full game. We've seen it when he was a backup, but I think even when he was a backup last season, the throws he was making were even more conservative than they are now because he's really like being more aggressive. Last year, he was throwing like wide-open guys and then shots at Devontae Parker. I think he's kind of taken a step forward this year. So, yeah, I'll say that I, I, I think there's room for him to still grow. Uh, but I mean, he's, he's got a lot of ground to make up because two weeks in a row where you just completely disappear in the second half and turn into the quarterback that was benched for you is not a good sign. It's not a good sign whatsoever. Um, Taylor, any other, uh, final points before we wrap this up here? I will say um, with the big run that the Patriots gave up, I got to talk to Devon Gotcha about that just because like it seemed like a minor play. I don't even think it was – I don't think he contributed to any of their scoring uh, drives allowed. But it was weird because the look that they had, the way that their front was, like they were wide open in the A-gaps, like right in the middle of the line, which isn't normal for them. So I was like, um – what happened there? Because you guys are usually – they only held the Chiefs at 2.2 yards per rush with that play. And he was like, yeah, it was just a miscommunication. He actually said they had three miscommunications in a row or something like that. And that was the only one that they actually got caught on. But he said that they were blitzing Duggar and that uh, somebody was supposed to slide to the left, I think he said, but it didn't get picked up and they were wide open and got exploited. Um, but he was also saying that Chiefs after the game were like, yeah, we knew that we couldn't run on you guys. Like they were throwing all the quick passes were an extension of that. And that's a frustrating thing as a Patriots fan because the Chiefs offense was saying that like we knew we had to basically play with one arm tied behind our back. And the defense really for the most part did its thing, which is, you know, it's still frustrating. But that was, I thought, pretty funny that uh, – that one, you know, we now know that it was in fact miscommunication, but also that the Chiefs came in here being like, yeah, we're probably not going to be able to run on these guys. And they've earned no. it because they've been dominant. And they didn't. And you're right. It's, a, they, it's 43 yards on the ground and one was a 20-yard run. That's it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And then it was 19 carries for 23 yards the rest of the way. Uh, <laughs> it, you know. You know, and that counts that, – that also counts uh, for Mahomes kind of, you know, leaving the pocket there too. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, really – really grisly stuff uh, on that side. And I mean, for the Chiefs, but again, a strength of the Patriots. Again, when you look forward and you talk about fixing stuff, you know, the Patriots look like they're in so much disrepair because the offense is everyone's is beyond most people's worst nightmare. It's kind of like my worst fears. I was very nervous 
about it, both in terms of not having enough bodies on the offensive line, neglecting receiver and tackle um, in any in not addressing it in any serious way in the offseason, not having playmakers or field stretchers or people, you know, who, or a quarterback who can really get the ball downfield, you know, and, and put pressure on a defense. Uh, I was pretty worried. And I think it got worse and worse and worse as time went on and Mac lost his confidence. And so it's so bad, Taylor. It's so, so, so bad that everyone looks at the whole thing and is like, oh, my God, they're like a million miles away. I kind of go back and forth on this. I don't think a quarterback saves everything. um, Mm -hmm. But I do think based off of the money that you have and the draft capital that you have, it would be surprising to not only address the quarterback position, but also make significant inroads in those other areas of need and be able to rise to competent faster than people think. I don't think you can solve it all and be one of the league's most, uh, you know, and there will be growing pains, certainly if you're working in a rookie quarterback. And also you could find yourselves in friggin' Daniel Jones land or even worse, Zach Wilson land. And that's, look, that's, this is the path you've chosen. You did not have a succession plan to Tom Brady and here you are. But in terms of addressing some of the rest of the areas, I think you can uh, do it. And I think you can address quite a few of them uh, all at once here. And so that's kind of hoping that they do. But the defense being so good uh, against the run and then also knowing that you have enough people back there in the defensive backfield, if you you know are able to retain a couple of guys, um, that you're going to be OK. Like this defense is going to keep you in ball games if you just aren't a historically bad offense as they are right now. Yeah, because if you get a quarterback, that's your first force multiplier. So like a guy who rises all ships, they don't have a quarterback who can do that. They don't have a quarterback who can make incredible plays when pressure comes and plays break down. They don't have somebody who can just put the ball consistently in uh, spots where guys can make a play on it even when there's good defense. Like they just don't have that in any consistent way right now. So the quarterback – kind of makes everybody better around you and then you reinforce with okay get some offensive line so he doesn't have to think that he has to be superman all the time now he's got protection and he isn't scared for his life now you get him some really good weapons and you get him some guys who he doesn't have to just make them better they can be great on their own and then great plus great equals really freaking great really Um, great really great um really great so i really i agree i don't think they're as far away like i mean this is look at where they are right now and this is a team that's usually only losing games by mid to late fourth quarter. They are a competitive team. And this is the worst version of the team I hope we see in a very long time. So with that being considered, like obviously there's going to be some changes on defense. Most likely some guys could leave and go and what have you. Um, but again, they don't have Gonzalez or Judon on defense. So, you know, I, I think that this team is already showing you they have the tools and the toughness to be competitive in all these games. But now they need the talent uh, to actually be able to put the car in the garage and put this away. Yep. Uh, well, it's that's what raining we're gonna... like crazy outside. Yeah, I know. Oh my I know. God. We're going to put this one away. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, and uh, it's raining like hell. So, Taylor, get home safe. Um, there's another Patriots show for any of you who can stomach it. Uh, Pat and Matt from Pat's Pulpit <laughs> are going to do their best uh, nice. to put their own perspective on it. So check out those guys. Uh, Check out Taylor. He just, uh, before we popped on the show here, put up his uh, analysis of the game. And um, 
so go to clnsmedia.com and check that out. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe here. And again, stay with us throughout the season uh, as we kind of follow this unraveling and this, you know, the end of the season was going to surely be an intriguing off season uh, as well. Next week is at Denver, Denver, above Denver at Denver. So we'll see what happens there. We'll have more post game reaction after that game and stay with Taylor throughout the week from all of his reporting from Foxborough. We will see you guys later. 